just got a second. Welcome to the Legendary League Lens Podcast. Thanks, God. Thank God I didn't record that joke. Okay. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't even hear the joke, and I'm glad. <sighs> All right, man. How do you feel about this weekend? C9 was delivered their second loss, but they were denied mm-hmm. the 9 and 9 split. Um. I feel fine. Feel fine? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like. I would be mad if I was denied the 9 and 9 slip, like I was! Wait, who did 100 Uh, 100 Thieves and Evil Geniuses. I lost EG. Eh. But I don't think EG is, like, dog shit. So, like, I also think that it was a little bit of a sloppy game in certain areas from C9, so... Yeah, yeah, but that would be why they're they're losing. They're making a lot more mistakes in summer, and I don't know if it's because Mm -hmm. other teams are necessarily getting a lot better... No, I or, think EG did. I don't think EG played like exceptionally well. I think EG just like capitalized on the mistakes that C9 mm-hmm. was making. Uh, I think I still I'm still willing to call it like C9 or like certain members of C9 outplaying themselves uh, more than I'm willing to call it like EG outplaying C9. Which because members I think of C9? That, the yeah. ones that left and went to EG. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean uh, I mean. Blabber had just some really questionable plays, right? Like against EG, there was the uh, play bot lane. I believe it was about um, it was like level nine ish. It's like twelve minutes into the game or so, and like Blabber, like so they're fighting. Uh, Bard ults Aphelios, right? And the only people up are like at that point it's like Zazel and Bang, um, or not Bang, sorry, uh, Zazel and Svenskaren, and like Blabber takes like a very questionable Lee Sin Q to. Uh, kick bang out of position but nobody in c9 is actually in position to take advantage of it zvan on ash um has alt but is basically out of mana and health and is more concerned with staying alive uh vulcan doesn't really have any sauce uh and and i think niski's there but just doesn't have the have the stun combo on on syndra and so to me that's like you know they lost that play it's not like a game losing play or anything but like there are a couple plays where I'm like, oh, like Blabber's going way harder than he has to go here, right? Mm-hmm. Like Blabber is taking leaps and cues that maybe don't need to happen, right? Or like the team is just doing stuff that I'm like, you guys don't have to do this. You're still up a, re- a decent gold lead, right? You're up kills. You're down in Drakes, which is unfortunate, but you're not losing yet. And they were playing a lot of plays that I would expect a team from behind to play when they're not really behind. Um, and so to me, that's more of like C9 making some like questionable choices than it is like EG going super nuts. Um, I don't love EG's team comp here. I think like if you were to show me these comps on paper, I would tell you C9 had the edge. Uh, but... Mm-hmm there were just some decision-making moments for C9 that I was like, these are not great. So if they keep up those sort of, like, weird decision-making patterns, then I think, like, yeah, they're maybe not the top team in the league anymore. But I'm still not 100% sure this is, like, a frequent thing. Um, well, If it happens again next week, I'm willing to call it a frequent thing. Commenting on the, okay. the uh, team comps, it looks to me like uh, C9 has a much much more of a pick comp or, like... Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. and EG is running a team fight comp. And in my experience, team fight comps tend to do Beat good into comp. pick comps because they can just stick as five and go for objectives. And pick absolutely. comps, unless you're running a poke pick comp, 
aren't going to be able to get somebody unless there's a big mistake made or you catch somebody straggling or trying to rotate over. And that just doesn't really happen too much, especially yeah. when you have Gangplank on the other team who has a global ultimate. And if your pick comp ends up going to pick off Gangplank every time, you just kind of wasted your time. Because by the time yeah. you get back over to the other four who are taking down Baron or your objective, Gangplank's up and now he can help with the Zoltan TP in. So, yeah. I, I think it was a pretty rough draft. I mean, when I say I don't like Aegis comp, I don't mean I don't like it compared to C9s. I just mean I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have, like, strong reservations about Gangplank and Zoe on a team together. Uh, but that's just me. Um, I, I feel like people are really bad at Gangplank in general, and teams are bad at funneling gold into him properly. Especially mm -hmm. when you have a Felios on the team as well, who also needs a good bit of gold funneled into him before he, be, he can take over the game. Absolutely. I just mm -hmm. I just feel like Gangplank's cost benefit is is just it's not good for most team comps. And if you're not running him with something like Ash or maybe I don't know, Jin's garbage right now. I don't think Jin would work. Maybe Varus some or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh mm -hmm. I don't feel like he's as good, but just, I agree with that. I think the real problem for C9 was that they kinda lost a lot of neutral objectives pretty early. And um, even though they had the gold lead too. Yeah, they had, like, a 2k gold lead when they were down two drakes. I think they had, like, a... Once they lost, like, the third and fourth drake, I think they were starting to be in a gold deficit. Um, mm -hmm. But it just seemed like... Um, it, seemed like it seemed like more, like, bad macro calls occasionally paired with a bad draft. But I do trust C9 to come through something like that. I don't think C9 is the kind of team or org that at this point... We can really say like, oh, a few bad drafts and they're fucking done, right? Uh, whereas there are some teams where I'm like, well, if they have a few bad drafts, they're just like out, <laughs> right? Uh, I do believe C9 can come back from this, um, but we'll we'll have to see, right? Um, we'll have to see where it goes. If they do like another weekend of like bad, another weekend or two of like questionable drives and shot calling then maybe i'm like all right maybe they're only like second or third right maybe tl takes the top spot but for now i'm still pretty comfortable calling c9 up there uh, i've talked too long at this point <laughs> i i definitely agree c9 is is probably insanely strong and i don't think this is if you did this in a best of three i still think c9 would have won the next two um, probably because they probably just would have been like all right Let's not do that again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, let's not run picking a team fight anymore because that's just dumb. But uh, I, 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 the crack starting to show for me is a kind of a good thing because even if C9's coming down a little bit, the rest of the league had to come up a, a, a good bit to, to start breaking into this. Because if C Absolutely. C9 from spring went down 10%, they're still number one. They were ahead by if, so yeah, much. Yeah, so if T9 from spring grows down 10% and no team improves they still win basically every game, right? But mm -hmm. I agree with you. This is actually heartening, especially looking forward to Worlds, uh, however that ends up happening, um, uh -huh. due to the fact that, like, to see these teams be able to take advantage of C9 mistakes is not something I'm expecting to see last split. But this split, even, like, two teams, I think, um, I don't think EG is, like, a low-tier team by any stretch in my head. But to see these other teams take advantage of it, I do think, or at least put the pressure on, I agree, great news. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. What's your take on this I really game? Think, yeah. I really think Sven Skarin and Zazel did good this game. 
I think that Zazel later in the game actually uh, had some moves to stop Blabber from doing uh, some easy cues into a straight kickback onto Bang. Uh, I think Svens Garen just went hard trying to take every 2v2, every 2v3 that he could. Right. <laughs> I just think that both of them did really well this game in uh, keeping uh, the rest of their team competitive. Bang's always normally good at staying even on Aphelios and Golden Glue, I thought would have been torn apart when he was going into this matchup. And he he did his job. He was capable of doing there. I think the Zoe pick's also something that you just want to take away from Niski because he's extremely good on it. I think uh, picking that one was pretty smart. It's basically Niski's Galio, uh, which he showed not in this game, but um, in the second C9 game against FlyQuest, is insane. I think his Zoe is also insane. I think those two are ones that you have to take against him uh, and take away from him every single time if you want to have a competitive game. You know. Altogether, I'm pretty happy with how EG performed. <laughs> the one thing that I, I noticed was, even though I, I saw Blabber get some good kicks in, or some, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. he got some opportunities for kicks and pulled off some of those kicks, they never amounted to much. Like, there's mm -hmm. one in the bot lane where it, I think it's like 3v3 and he kicks Bang into his Bard, but Bard doesn't have Q up. So That's Bard what I mentioned earlier. That was like at 12 minutes yep. into the game, and it's a weird choice from Blabber to take that cue because he's then deeply out of position. And at that point, actually, uh, Zvan does have ult up as Ash. However, he doesn't have a lot of mana. He has to heal because the Aphelios doing damage is kicked into him. And Aphelios is just able to basically reposition for free, meaning at that point, only Blabber is out of position. Which is not mm -hmm. great. <laughs> and then everyone fucking TPs in and all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. Yep. I do have to Keep say that mind. I've thoroughly enjoyed this game. Watching the Swole Bros go to town. Real, real good. Real good time. <laughs> you gonna say something here, Mark? No? Mm, no. No, I think I'm good. I think Let's that's see. it Which for the case? EGC9 game. Uh, let's talk about Hunt of Thieves real quick. Uh, do we think we uh, overhyped Hunt of Thieves last week a little bit? What do you think? I don't remember what we said about the 100 Thieves last week. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're competitive to be like the second best team now because they were able oh, to yeah, take down T9. Absolutely, we did. <laughs> uh, so, going into it, I, I don't think I fully believed they were going to be second best team. I think uh, I said if they could continue Thank to God. improve with this roster... They might be able to, but mm -hmm. uh, I I definitely I'm not I'm not too surprised by this. I still had my reservations about them because I could still I felt like going down was a very uh, possible outcome. So watching them just get thrashed like honestly they performed worse than I thought they would this week. They looked really bad this week, and I. Meteos must be having quite an episode, being so happy one week, then so sad the next, and now he's back to being happy. I just hope mm -hmm. they put him back in and stop screwing around, because this is one of the teams where the roster move only seemed to kind of pan out, and mm -hmm. I, I, how how many wins does he have? How many wins does Contract have right now? Um, He definitely has the one over C9. Yes. Um... Did they get two wins that week? Contracts. 
Yes, it was against FlyQuest and C9, that okay. specifically. Okay, so Contracts has three wins and three losses right now. He has won against C9, FlyQuest, and Dignitas. But then he lost to TSM, uh, Team Liquid, and Golden Guardians. Honestly, that's a kind of a mixed bag. But looking at mm-hmm. who they've uh, beaten, I I will outright say the Cloud9 win is probably a fluke. Uh, the FlyQuest win it probably is more uh, more that- substantive evidence. But if they also mm-hmm. lose to uh, TL, uh, TSM, and GG, that makes me think that they're pro- they probably can't make top four with contracts. I just don't think that's going to happen. What, what, what do you guys think? How, where do you think they're going to plan out with their current roster? Um, I want to say they're still middle of the pack. But that's just a very vague term, and that can apply to a lot of different teams that are working through here. That's the biggest problem that I have. So when I say middle of the pack, it's still like, oh, they could be anywhere from like... Eighth maybe to fourth. Four- yeah. That's the problem that I have with using that term. It's that's, it's not something well, solid. I. That's why I prefer mm-hmm. to call it the soup. Yep. Uh, there, it's not something solid. I think Poom's been doing like fairly all right. Uh, he did not have a good time uh, playing Lulu this week. Um, I think that they showed resistance in uh, the 100 Thieves versus TSM game that happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someday trying to pull some stuff off and was able to hold them off for quite some time. But they were already in a losing position where you can't really get out of it. And um, I think they that TL soundly beat them. I don't remember there being a point where I was like, oh, 100 Thieves has a very competitive chance against uh, Team Liquid yeah, at certain I points. I don't remember that match being close even in the slightest. TL no. has been very uh, deliberate about their wins. They don't seem to make a lot of mistakes they seem to take it very slowly and like check all the boxes win all the objectives and then close out the game mm-hmm. so I, it's, honestly uh, that's my kind of play style i kind of really really like that play style but mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's hard to say that uh tl is doing anything um to to fully like dominate their opponents they're just controlling them and just sort of being like no you can't do that no, 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 you can't do that, that's ours. And then they'll give them something a little bit just to be a little safer and not lose too much off of it. But mm-hmm. in general, lose. I think if I think most teams will lose to TL because of how mm-hmm. slowly they play and how explosive most teams seem to want to be. Most teams want to play in that Chinese kind of style, it appears, where they just go at each other super hard. But all of them seem to just not be able to do that. Even Cloud9 doesn't seem to be able to do it all that well. And they have to resort to making some early plays and then slowing the game down so that they can close out. Because they just don't know how to hard close out a game in, in 23 minutes reliably. Um, I think there's some teams that keep on trying to pull off that super aggressive style. I think Golden Guardians does that very well. I think uh, Closer is one of the main people who just a very aggressive jungler who will get in your face. And it's very good against those uh, passive teams that will just wait for stuff to happen or can't make uh, clear macro decisions at certain points. Right? 
So I think that the Chinese style does kind of work. That aggression does kind of work in some cases, but it depends on which particular teams that you're looking at. Golden Guardians has that ability to do that. Um, if I'm looking at the... Most of the time, it's the junglers that I think uh, cater to the style a lot. I think EG would be capable of doing it. Um, I think FlyQuest can in some circumstances. <laughs> I don't normally think of that. Trolling. No. I don't think of Santorin as being a particularly good aggressive jungler. He can play aggressive champions. It's not... It doesn't look super good. Wait, Hamon, are you wearing <laughs> a sleeveless shirt? Yeah. What a legend. Gotta flex those guns. What a, what a fucking legend. He's, 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 he's uh, flexing out for the Swole Bros game. Buddy, mm -hmm. I mean, look. If you're oh, gonna wear, get bigger, don't. No, uh. Oi. <laughs> shoulders need to be canon. No, um, that's so funny. This is a I'm legend sorry. podcast, not a bodybuilding con <laughs> podcast. Have you seen some <laughs> of the players, buddy? They're fucking jacked. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. That's why they put in Golden Glue, it's for his Golden Glue. His golden guns there. Dude, they're shredded anyway. His golden glutes, mm -hmm. you mean? <laughs> oh, golden glutes, double, absolutely double caked, up, double caked up for no good reason. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I have no but idea I... what golden glue looks like as a person. Um, you know Vault oh Boy from, uh, from uh, Fallout? Yeah. That. He looks that, like that. muscular. That's Except really muscular. funny. So the strength of Vault Boy, that one. That's so funny. Oh, and with glasses. That's that's it. Like the there, Harry Potter glasses, too. Uh, there's a, a, a Vault Boy with glasses. Yeah, you could glue that all together. Yeah. All right. That's... Let's move on to talk about all these roster moves. And are they hurting our children's brains? Because I, um, they're hurting my what? brain, and I don't like them. Mm-hmm. They're hurting my brain too. By are they hurting our children's brains? But I don't know. Um, I wanted it to be a sensationalized news topic coverage. It was just a joke. <laughs> I just don't understand it because I'm I'm smooth brained. Smooth brained. Um, so I just I, I don't like all these teams making all these roster moves in summer. I I. I feel like teams shouldn't need to make all of these moves all the time. I feel like they should have been making these moves in spring. Why are we making mm -hmm. so many moves right now? Is it, but outside of Cloud9 and Team Liquid, I think every single team has made roster moves. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. I hate that TSM did it. I hate that uh, Honor Thieves did it. And I hate that EG did it. But it, it's getting so many different results that it shattered mm -hmm. everyone's expectations for, these, for uh, the summer split. Like, I don't get it. Um, I feel it's a bit better to have those um, that bit of unpredictability, even though I absolutely hate it, because <laughs> sometimes, like, I would never have thought, even with a 100 Thieves with Meteosin, I would never have thought that they'd been able to take a game off of C9. Um, Dignitas... Week, week 5. Week 5 happens. Where One of the weeks. Two some of, some mm -hmm. week. Where they get a 2-0 against FlyQuest and C9, who, who uh, well, FlyQuest at the time was considered a top team as well. Uh, now, I think they're kind of down to middle of the pack. Um, and the EG moves. It's, it's, there's a lot of roster moves that we're seeing, but some of them are panning out really well. We saw EG just win, like, this past weekend, bringing in Golden Glue in his first week, right? Um, 100 Thieves, I'll again side that one. Dignitas, this week, Dardoch, and uh, Dardoch looked like he was smurfing when they got the 2-0 victory. 
he really controlled that game, and he looked very good, right? The Immortal roster, I'm very happy that happened. You know, there's like all these changes have been happening, but it, they've been happening for improvement. I understand what you're saying about, you know, it's really throwing things out of context. You can't really make predictions with all of these moves happening from time to time. But um, I'm really happy that they actually are, and it does seem like there's going to be marginal improvements, or maybe, hopefully, like there's going to be one team that just comes out and it's just like, oh, hey, look, we're actually a powerhouse. We would never be able to predict it at this point, but it would be amazing God, no. to see. <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's good that we're less afraid to make roster moves now, in general, mm-hmm. but, at the sa- but that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> Well, I think it's good. Here's what I'll say. I think it's good that we're not afraid to. I think it's bad that we feel like we have to. If we're Mm -hmm. this far into the summer split and so many of the teams feel like the only way to improve is to drastically change their roster, that Mm -hmm. to me, bad luck. Because it means that teams are not confident with the rosters they had moving forward. Uh, it means the teams are not confident that they can win games either domestically or internationally. And you would hope that at this point into the uh, second split of the year, that the roster would be ironed out enough that, like, you know, team dynamics would be solid, team play would be solid, and people would be confident. So the fact that they're not, to me, is the real problem. And it's hard for me to tell right now whether people feel as if they're not capable of winning because of, like, oh, C9 and TL are just crushing uh, and we just need to make all these moves to catch up, or because, like, there are just things going on behind the scenes or for whatever reason. Like, it's hard to me to tell what's really at the heart of these roster moves, these issues. Um, And I think there are some good reasons for them, right? Like, if all of a sudden two of your players just cannot get along for whatever reason, understandable to make a roster move, right? Understandable. But if you're just doing it because you don't trust your players, then why did you hire them in the first place? Right? So like, my thought is, I, 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 I definitely agree that I don't like that I don't know. Okay. We don't know what's going on, and so we don't know what's happening with the teams. But that's honestly my biggest problem with with the, this whole thing because a lot of the teams have this like documentary series where they're uh, supposed to be talking about behind the scenes stuff and uh, what the players are doing, what their thoughts are. And while I understand some in some respects, it's hard to do that without giving away team secrets to other teams to then use against you. Um, mm-hmm. it, as a fan and as a viewer, it just feels like. We're just making a roster move. We made we performed a little bit down that week, so we just made a reactionary move without even trying to fix it. And I I I think this is also a symptom of only having two games a week to go off of for everyone. If we had ten games a week to watch from all these players, we'd probably be like, yeah, uh, Biofrost was slumping a lot last week. He basically made no proactive plays at all, so that's why we're bringing in treats. But that's not what we're getting and i want that kind of communication to us from the teams or like i i think if if the uh all the documentaries were made by third parties who weren't who did not have the best interests of all the players at heart we would 
get more information. We would get more of the truth behind it. But mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, it probably might not be great for the scene. So I understand why that doesn't happen. But I just I just want juicy drama for all the behind the scenes crap because I'm tired of everyone being like, oh yeah man, that's a secret story. You you are never gonna hear about that one. You might hear about it in like ten years. I'm like, why don't you just tell us instead of alluding to it existing? It's so annoying when people do that. It's no, oh no, my no. God. <laughs> the thing is they'll go to the PR thing. They'll be like, oh no, it feels like uh we wanted to give like treats an opportunity to perform. Uh this week we wanted to give him a chance or we wanted to try out like uh when FlyQuest uh switched out turtle for mash right nobody knew exactly what was going on we still don't know exactly why they made the decision maybe they just wanted maybe something was going on with turtle maybe mash wanted to try out right but that was like a roster move that i'm pretty sure did not necessarily need to happen I'm absolutely certain we would have been fine if uh, Turtle was still in on FlyQuest and still playing through those uh, past two weeks, right? I, yeah, I don't think uh, the outcome would have changed too heavily. I think they'd have gotten the same number of wins. Mm -hmm. And then CLG bringing in Deuce. Uh, that did not look great. Uh, he was only in I, for a week. I, I gotta mm -hmm. hope that Ruin was like sick that week or something because, oh man. Mm -hmm. I mean, but also bringing in Ruin. Like, Ruin doesn't look that great either. Right. Doesn't look that amazing, no. But I, I, I think that they have one of the best Volibear set combos in the league. If they can keep, if they could just try to play around that constantly, it would be great. But they did just nerf, I think, both of those champions in the last few weeks. So, who's to say? That's who's true. to say, indeed, buddy. <laughs> who's to say? I don't. The boys. <laughs> what? I don't think Golden Guardians made any changes to the roster. I think they they're not? one of the few teams that's also just committed to them. Because I think who he's been in there from the beginning of the split. He was. SF, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think Golden Guardians... I think Guardians he might have been like um, Challenger at the beginning, but he was like on the roster. Right? Challenger? Whatever it's called. Academy? Uh, yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm old. Yes, Fucking they have not put me. in a, another player. Okay. I'm so, sorry yeah. I forgot what Academy was called, Anthony. I don't watch that <laughs> shit. Uh, okay. Uh, let's go with a little, a quick little uh, rundown of our uh, this week's results before we talk about our next topic. Uh, we got me and Matt going six and four, and Haymont went five and five. How how 50, you fifty? <laughs> How are you feeling oh. about that? There's a hundred thieves. Hammies, Monty. How, how are you gonna put faith in a hundred thieves, but not have faith in FlyQuest? Come on, man. This was actually the one week, and the best part was that FlyQuest clapped TSM. I was no, happy no, 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 to no. see it. Wait, 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 wait. The only reason TSM lost is because you killed a, a, a freaking speaker twice before like six minutes. Yeah, Never a, give I'll him the level clap. one. Killing the jungler twice before six minutes, I'll actually call a clap, like unironically. Because if I was mm -hmm. playing a solo queue game or a clash game as the jungler, and I killed the enemy jungler twice before six, I'm like, their junglers clap, this game is free. Like, yep. easy And then call. you lose because easy your call. mid laner and top laner can't control their lane. And then no, 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 because the Davidson <laughs> listens and I trust you if I gank you three times, but not before. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that's, you if I ganked you any it. fewer than three times in the early game. <laughs> and Davidson just listens, so we call that a dub. Um, <laughs> okay. We call that a dub out here. Alright, so once again, I I guess, uh, yeah, 
I put too much faith in 100 Thieves. I wanted Shocker. to give it. I wanted to give Monty it a hope. Monty makes a bad call. No, uh. Monty makes a bad call. I'm 50 50. I'm, I'm okay. I'm We're a coin 60, flip. 40, so I'm gonna act like I'm better than you. <laughs> you know, I can't. I've earned argue the right. With no. that. <laughs> so, so here's our running total. Me and Matt are both 31 and 19, and Haymont is 29 and 21. We're all positive because, to, to be honest, the entire split bar week five has been a fairly uh, reliable. You could just predict the uh, the higher uh, the higher win weight. The win higher win team to win, and they'll probably win. Mm-hmm. But Dubs. <sighs> but Hamon just likes to make some silly calls every once in a while. Hamon does like to make some silly calls, I and do. he puts his faith in the wrong people. You put your faith in the wrong people. I've been telling you. Put your faith in C9 or TL like we do. I like gambling. All right, buddy. You know, come on. It mostly works. Three out of four. Three out of four. (laughs) We're getting mostly dubs. That's what matters. Yeah. Hey, if if I was three out of four every week, I'd be happy. Me too, buddy. Me too. That's free real estate. Our next topic is a little bit of meta talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the most played. We're gonna champions. talk about the Twitch meta and why we're streaming twi- uh, chess from now on. No, uh, uh, okay. Yes, everybody's gonna come watch me do bad at chess. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. No, kidding. you can start streaming tw- chess. Go for it. I don't know how to oh, stream. Absolutely, I have no idea. Twenty how to minutes stream. and I got you set up. All right, exactly. Uh, actually, it's help very me. easy. Actually, <laughs> help me. I, I literally. Okay, whatever. We'll talk about this later. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the LCS meta, Anthony, why don't you give us an introduction to what you're seeing and what you're thinking? Because you added this topic right before the show started. I meant so to add I... it a while ago. I'm sorry. Okay, you meant to, but you didn't, so I didn't get to prepare, so I'm going to make you talk first. Okay. <laughs> okay? All okay. right? Is that fair, buddy? Come on. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think so. I agree. So, <laughs> the meta of the LCS, this is not, these are not the charts. No, I, I clipped off my charts. <laughs> not the charts, buddy. Hey, man, not the charts for the boys. All right, so <laughs> the most popular champions in the LCS, in the here are the top five. We got a Can I make a guess? Can I make a guess? Okay, go go make a guess. So you already told me a Yes. Uh, are any of the other ones AD carries? <laughs> uh, technically, two of them are bot laners. Got it. Wukong, uh, Fiddlesticks, Ivern. So, no, I'm done. I was just meaning. Okay. Uh, so uh, the I am going to get five, set. Set? No. Okay, so the Damn. top five are Ophelios, Ezreal, Twisted Fate, Syndra, Orn. In that order. Varus comes you know up right below them. That actually makes a lot of sense. It does. Mm-hmm. People are scared of Syndra, and I think they're just high. Just saying. No, I she's f- really good. Just pick fucking Yasuo. I'm not even Sure, kidding. but the problem is, is that she's flexible, right? So is Yasuo! Yeah, fair. Um, I don't know, but I feel like Sindra in mid and bo- I think in both mid and bot, she, other than Yasuo, she has a lot of really, really strong matches. I also mm-hmm. think a lot of pros are pretty hesitant to pick Yasuo, typically. It seems <laughs> that way, anyway. Well, um, Yasuo they... takes a lot of time. Well, exactly, but, like, Sindra doesn't, right? Uh, it seems as if we're in a, like, Syndra has a lot, a lot of really strong matchups in my experience. Like, a lot of free fucking dubs if you know how to play even a little bit. So, Lane bully hours. <laughs> I, I kind of, 
I'm a little, I am actually a bit surprised by this list. I did not think Ezreal would be this high on this list. I thought he Can would I be. Can I tell you why I guess why he is? Uh, because he gets through picks a lot, and people like to pick safe champions. Also, you yeah, because people ban other all the other good ADCs, <laughs> and then he gets fucking picked because he's safe as fuck. Well, the yep. only two AD carries. Is that is he tenth? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ah, oh, damn. It. Is up there so the yeah, Varys the top three are Varys is number one. Callista is number six. And Aphelios is number 10 on bands. And mm. then Ezreal is like all the way down at 14. I so, I, and this but, is also counting phase two bands. I wish I could break this up to see who's phase one and phase two bands. Because that mean, I think is more important. If he's not getting banned and all the good ADCs are, it makes sense, right? Like if you're an LCS ADC, chances are you have an Ezreal or at least are comfortable on him, right? He's super safe into a lot of matchups. Even if he doesn't smash the mashup, he's really easy to just like coast by on and stay alive till you get your item spikes. It, it makes sense to me that he's up there. I kind of am conflicted on Varus. I don't like Var I don't like Varus being this high. I feel like he's overvalued, but him having an 80% presence. Like, I, I think this has gone down recently. Like, if I put this to patch 10 13, uh, he's. I, what are mind. we on now? We're on 10 so What's 14. the LCS on? Uh, 10 14. Is 10 14 the, the nerf? Oh, yes. 10 14 is the nerf. Yes. Varus is fucking nowhere to be found. <laughs> yep. It was a major nerf from him going to 150% ratio on his Q at all levels to something to like 50% at one. I'm I'm forgetting the numbers, but it was well, a huge. Well, he levels nerf. it up first, so at level nine he's maxed. Yeah, so it goes up to 150. Up. Yeah, they it hits 150 percent again, but in the late game after it's fully maxed out, which is a lot healthier. I think. So, I the other thing I don't like is the rise of karma. I don't like karma. Please, please stop. You don't like karma. karma? I hate Karma. I do not think she's as good as everyone thinks she is. I feel like people are picking her just because she's a flex pick and can go top mid support. And I, I like, I feel like if you're picking a champion just because they're a flex pick, you're not really picking a champion because I know all three of your players don't play this champion. That doesn't happen. Look, look at, look at, uh, EG when they put, picked Hooney and they gave him Karma. Why? Why are you giving Hooney Karma? Do not give Hooney mm -hmm. Karma. Please stop it. This happened last split. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. So this I rise of karma, this patch, I feel it's just so bad. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I actually disagree. I actually love karma as a champion. Um, there was some matchups that it can just be used to bully. And like, let's say in the bot lane, specifically, I like her as a support. Let me clarify that too, because she has basically everything you can want from a support. She has a shield. She has her entire movement speed buff that you get off that shield. You can empower it to be a larger shield. It's There's a lot of different stuff that you can do with her that just makes her a great support that you can just pair with uh, um, with one of those uh, high DPS AD carries like Aphelios, right? And you can just uh, put on uh, Ardent Sensor, and she works very well. And in the early game, she has a significant amount of poke, right? That's why I actually like her a lot in the bot lane specifically. 
mid lane karma, top lane karma, that's a whole different beast that I don't want. I don't want to address that. <laughs> that's not the one. But Karma Bot, I think, is still pretty damn strong and very usable when paired I, with, like, an Ash or Felios I think and other champions of the sort. But I think what people mm -hmm. are trying to do is run some, oh my god, something like Karma, Orianna, Yumi Bot with an Olaf to just plow, to just plow through things. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. That feels like you're putting so many eggs in one basket and taking half of a champion in two lanes, it, it, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me why you would be so reliant on that one win con. It, it, it's, it's like, it's so, so opposite to how I try to play the game, where I try to cover all of my bases and make sure that while I might still have weaknesses, those weakens are, weaknesses are as, uh, like, they're so low impact that mm -hmm. I can... Some of them can get hit, and I'll still be able to use my strengths well enough. But right now, it's like, look at the TSM game and how Olaf got fucking, like, stuffed. What is he gonna do? If you were throwing all of your your uh, eggs in that Olaf basket, Olaf is now useless to you, and you have nothing. You better hope that whatever AD carry you pick to go with this comp works out, because you got nothing left. Mm -hmm. How you feeling about Karma? You like her? Nope. Nope? Nope. Okay. That's a flash answer. Okay, okay. I don't take it, though. <laughs> Did you want more? Because you're not going to get it. Um, <laughs> oof. Okay. What do you think about the Zoe picks in mid? <sighs> yeah, she's really strong. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind Zoe in mid. It's just... Okay. She's strong. She goes with a lot of comps. Because she can be a poke comp. She can be a pick comp with her bubble. She's really good at team fighting because of her bubble and her fat fucking damage from the fog of war. Like you can do a lot of bullshit with Zoe that works with a lot, a lot of different comps. She's just feels like a safe pick in like every situation. That's my only problem with her. <laughs> there's no comp that I feel like you could make, and you can't just plop a Zoe in there and it won't be fine. Oh, what about right? that karma comp I just came up with? Uh that karma comp honestly i dislike it at every stage um i you're right you're right that i think that might be the one where it just doesn't go in there <laughs> but I think, even then i think anything mm -hmm. where the mid laner is your primary carry tool like if you're running leblanc you can't really swap that up for zoe too easily if you're mm. running or or not orin if you're running uh Zillion mid, you can't swap that out. Like I, I, I feel like she is reliant on poke or pick and some team fight comps. I don't think she's a universal team fighter because her team fighting is okay, and she's reliant mm -hmm. on her team having a lead to be a good team fighter. If her team doesn't have a lead, she's not that strong of a team fighter, and she's reliant on getting picks to make plays. Okay, but I think that. Even if she's, like, the one thing that she's been very good at, which I dislike, is that she's very good at forcing people off of objectives, right? Like, you can control a space. Like, let's say you can control a river, and you're trying to contest a dragon. She can force you off that dragon with by nailing a couple of good cues without being punished very heavily. That's the thing that I'd normally dislike about her. That's that, that, that so, the opponent would dislike about Zoe? Um... No, that's the thing that I just like seeing in, like, uh, 
Well, yes, me as his opponent, I also dislike being nailed with the Zoe Q and then just being like, oh, wow, I have to go heal off of something, or just recall now, if I'm a squishy champion, right? Mm -hmm. But in watching like these LCS games, there'll be times when a team gets an advantage, where they'll be like, oh, okay, we had this team fight, we were able to out-skirmish them, we may have like uh, half our life or something else, but you know, we can go get a dragon, and they'll be forced off by a good few Qs um, from the enemy, right? And then they just can't get that objective anymore. Uh, yeah, she can That's... do those kind of clutch moves, but normally what you'd end up doing is sicking like your support on her or something, or your top laner, just to kind mm -hmm. of zone her out. Because her damage is reliant on range. If you can close the mm -hmm. gap on her, she's going to lose a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And that's like that like that's just how you counter. And I feel like a lot of teams right now are very fast getting your face comps, and that's part of the reason why Zoe has a lot less priority. Because if if Zoe's getting dove on, Zoe's now dead. Because Zoe has no escape. She's actually an immobile mage for what everyone seems to think how she jumps everywhere. That's that's mm -hmm. because she gets everyone's flash though. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about support real quick. Thresh has been coming up, and to to be honest, I fucking Makes love sense. it. I love Makes watching sense. Thresh in the LCS because he just gets so many good plays. And because Thresh has been coming up, Blitzcrank has been coming up as a counter pick, and that's also fun. Mm -hmm. I watching hook fights is always so much fun because they're just they're they're lying in wait, waiting for that one magic shot that they can land and hit a good carry that they're gonna blow up because a lot Blitzcrank of combo hype. is insane but it, oh it's so much fun but but if you have thresh versus blitzcrank they're not aiming for the carries they're aiming for each other because whoever lands it on the other one first they just win the team fight and it's so oh it's so good i these are some of my favorite matches. It's like season three and season four was a lot of this, and that that was some of my favorite time watching LCS. Agreed, buddy. Yeah, what's your what's your thought as a bot laner on the uh, upcoming of Thresh? Am I even a bot laner anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Me either. Uh, Thresh is really fun to watch. Is what I think is most important. So I think the thing with like um, Thresh's bards champions with a really high skill cap is that it's fucking extremely exciting to watch someone who's extremely good at thresh play thresh right like it's just great <laughs> like watching like you know back in the day when bunny fufu the thresh one trick was in the league like play the tristana out of the leap like it's crazy like whenever you see a hype thresh play you're like legend Legend. Like, whenever you watch the crazy Blitzcrank, Blitzcrank flash hook out of fog, legend, right? Like, the fun thing about the hook champs is that, one, they tend to take a lot of skill, both, like, mechanical and game knowledge, and two, they allow for really fucking hype plays to pop off because they allow you a really, like, specific way of beginning a fight, which is extremely exciting to watch. So for me as a viewer, not necessarily as a bot laner, but just as a viewer, it's really fun to see the Thresh Blitz metas because it's always like, I know some crazy shit's about to happen, like without fail. Hey, Monty. Monty! What do you think about Thresh? Oh, I do love Thresh. Blitzcrank, it's a... The thing about Blitzcrank is he either looks very good or very bad. <laughs> And that very much depends, because all that he's got is that one-hook wonder. 
he's got to pull a carry. Because if it's something like, oh, hey, I just pulled a meatball into our entire team. That Orn is not going to die. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> or if it goes for that flash uh, hook play that you're saying, and he goes flash, hook, whips everything, does not look good at all either. <laughs> right? So, That's the duality of Blitzcrank in the bot lane. It's either going to look very good Blitz boys. or so. very bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there anything else on the support list? Like, like nothing else on the on the support priority really stands out to me besides the awfulness that is Senna that we've been seeing. Which has been very weird. In in other regions, she's been played both as an AD carry and as a support. Right, and I think the only team that's really done it in North America has been FlyQuest and C9. I I just well, the number one thing I don't like about Senna is I feel like farming Senna is garbage. Sucks. I it's feel booty. like it's wasting so much potential gold you you could be giving to your team that there's absolutely no reason to do this. I think something like Senna. TK bot, Senna, uh, set bot, or fuck. Honestly, I think Senna Garen bot might be good, but Senna and like a brawly champion bot lane seems very, very strong because you have so much sustain, and if you have a sustained champion down there with her, it's it's just it's incredible, and it, it it's easy so, money. It's mm-hmm. just so much uh, power and gold that you can generate that way. Especially if you can then have Senna go follow the jungler around when he clears the bottom three, ca- the bottom camps, like that's just good. That's just free money right there that you'd be leaving on the table otherwise. And you never leave the money on the table. That's just that's just bad never, business. buddy. You leave. You so, take the elo as soon as you can. So every time I see it locked in and it goes for farm, I it's it feels so wasteful to me. Which, which you guys do you, you agree that uh, farming Senna is not great? Uh, I definitely disagree that farming Senna is not great, but I also think that fasting Senna is Wait, you think avoidable. farming Senna is good? No, that's not oh. what I said. Don't put those words in my no, mouth. you said I disagree that farming... You said I disagree... I, that... I misunderstood. I, I, was, I was actually asking a clarificatory question because I legitimately did not understand your sentence. Okay. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I disagree that Senna is good. That's what I'm putting down. Because we've also been able to see it exploited in the fasting role. Uh, when you do have that uh, fasting Senna there, it doesn't do much in the early game. Its primary role is to sit there in the bot lane and make sure that you keep either your carry alive or for some reason if you picked another support, your support alive. Right? It doesn't do support m- there? I don't know, but if you do, I think you're kind of wasting it. Right? If you pick like a TK, if you pick a Tarek, I don't understand why you might pick a support there, but I just don't like it, right? Even if you pick that Brawling Champion, if you pick a Wukong, if you pick a Set, if you even pick a Rumble, which EG did not this split, but last split, you still have to play weak side bot. And there's many other um, ways that the enemy team can just play around. They could completely ignore the bot side of the map, Play to top side and just camp your top laner. They can also um, just keep on forcing, playing through bot side, forcing into the enemy's jungler, enemy jungle there, right? 
it's not a particularly strong early lane. And that's what I don't like about it. You have to wait until it gets off the ground, maybe in the mid lane, maybe in the late game, until those components can start coming together. Any comments? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm looking at stats for Senna. Mm -hmm. uh, and looking at the AD build, it seems like most of the AD build is going for the tier build, which is something I partially agree with. If, if you were to go the AD route, I think tier is just a great option to have. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't... I, I Just generally, I don't agree with this. It, okay, it does have a uh, higher win rate in, in the AD build, but there's only 13 games in the AD build and 27 games on the support build. So I, I feel like the AD build might just be high rolled a little bit, uh, and I would want more games. Now, th this is all of summer, just for, for context. Um, and the, the support build has been Glacial or Grasp going for Black Lever or, uh, what's it called? A Frozen Mallet. Uh, so yeah. it's the tankier build. And then you get a, I, like, it just looks like you get an EXE instead of any actual vision control. Because, mm -hmm. what the heck? I cannot hover over and look at the vision item. I forget what it's called. Uh, it's not Spectral Blade, but the, the vision control lethality item. Uh, you don't build that if you get a frozen mallet because you're just being a tank a tank machine. Now, I don't fully agree with all these runes. I honestly think grasp is better because then you can go for um, frozen mallet and what's the what's the healing one? Um, font of life. Spirit visage. No, no, no. Font, font, the uh, the rune font of life. That's a font of life is movement impairment. No. Yeah. Font of Life is giving health back on movement impairment, but I think that is a great is a great combo with uh, Tank Senna, and I want to see more of that. Uh, I don't like Glacial. I think Glacial is generally weak, but mm -hmm. it's okay. So that, that that that's just that's just my problem with Tank Senna with uh, AD Carrier Senna. It feels like it draws too much gold, and. It, it's it's relying on scaling to get to late game in, in either sense. I don't think mm -hmm. farming Senna is a faster build. It just feels like a different way to not make as much gold. Mm -hmm. what was, what was, we haven't talked about jungle yet. So Ooh. jungle has basically been three champions. Trundle, Graves, and Olaf. And then there's been Lee Sin a lot. But Some that's volleys. yeah, yes, yes, yes. But l l let me finish. every once in a while, a kindred. Um, rarely. But uh, the Leeson seems to be heavily prioritized by a few players. I don't feel like he is a super strong meta pick. I feel like he is uh, a player specific pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I, think I think it's probably fair. I think looking at Trundle as the number one jungler, and then Graves, who I don't know if he has come up. I think Graves has been popular the whole time. But Trundle Graves and Olaf are the holy trinity. And with Volibear as a close four. So what's, what's your guys' thoughts on these three champions? And why do you think they are so strong right now? Mm, 
Well, we can always tell why the Trundle's strong. It's because there's some particular tanks that are really good right now. People are still picking Ornn. Uh, Volley, if he ults in, you can immediately take his stats away, and he becomes a lot squishier and easy to burn down. Right? Um, even into the Olaf, even though it doesn't feel like a good matchup early on, if the Olaf runs at you earlier, uh, later in the game, you can ult him, take away his stats, and he also becomes very squishy as well. So, that's the Trundle right there. The Graves is a little bit different. It feels like the reason he's here is because of Phase Rush and because he can clear his jungle very fast and get particularly uh, aggressive early on. Uh, some junglers have been taking Ignite for him. Uh, Dardok did that, uh, not this week, but the week prior, last week. Yeah. And he looked very good on it and showed the capabilities of it in the jungle. And he doesn't particularly need the flash because his E is on such a low cooldown when he gets later into the game, into that build. You know, it's, it's very good at keeping down um, any uh, any later junglers or any other ones that want to get off the ground early because of his pacing. Yeah. What was the third jungler? <laughs> Uh, out of Trundle, Graves, and Olaf. Well, he's also a very good uh, early game jungler as well. It's a lot of these seem to be that uh, at least two of them are very good early game junglers who can like win 2v2s if they come in at the proper time. Uh, some of them are just, you know, a little bit more damage in the early game and have good Drake control. I'm... So what I'm getting from Graze specifically is that it is about the early Drake control. Um, Graves' early game is one of the best early games out of any jungler in the game. Uh, I feel like Graves is actually what Nidalee was hyped to be at the beginning of the split. Everyone kind of mm -hmm. thought Nidalee was, uh, was like going to be this... Uh, hyper-aggressive jungler and that it was gonna be pick ban and then it didn't pan out like Nidalee was fucking nowhere and she's still fucking nowhere I still think she's garbage I feel like looking at her uh, play rate and her win rate I'm right that she was garbage because she has a 17% win rate in the LCS right now like I I don't know why people feel like Nidalee grew it all when nothing happened to her and she none of the keystones she used got stronger so, it just felt wild to me that people made that assumption. But Graves, I feel like, definitely had a lot of improvements brought on to him. And with the increased priority on Drake, this split, that is that is what I have been uh, keeping my eye on. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you, you go, Hamad. During the TSM versus FlyQuest uh, game, um, there was a time that I actually think Spika did absolutely nothing in the early game. He actually died and went. That's because he died three. twice. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Our, what is Spika supposed to do? I'm moving on to the later parts of the game. Um, you were able to see TSM get uh control around the river. They were able to show up at Drake's first, get down their vision and something, and then you were able to see uh that Graves W is very good <laughs> if anybody's walking into fog of um, just walking into the fog of war, right? There were so many times that I saw Santorin try to walk over to a Drake to contest it. 
um, and Spica would just throw a W, and he has to run back on Olaf because he can't actually see where any carries are, and he's just getting railed with damage, right? That's the another good part about Graves. You can just toss that W onto any melee junglers or any tanks that are trying to poke their head in, and you can just rail into them when you already have the setup done around those drakes, around those barons, around those places there. And that's that's particularly strong. So Matt, what's your what's your take on the uh, jungle situation before uh, we move on to talk about the only champion in top lane? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one hit me, and I I apologize. I need a second to regroup. Um, <laughs> fuck, that really hit me. Um, I don't know. I think what you said about Nidalee is right. Uh, easily. Um, I'm a little surprised Volley hasn't been getting more love because I think he's really good given certain comps, but they, I also think outside of those comps. The, the regen hit was heavy in his jungle. And the auto hit. Big hits. I mean, yes, but the fucking tower cancel, buddy. It's hard to like, use. Is it walk bot lane through try if you're fucking... What, what side is the bottom left? Blue? Yes. I actually, <laughs> if you're I actually blue side, did. yeah. If you're blue yes. side, walk through the tri-brush, ult the tower, get a double kill, game's over, you win. Easy clap. Um, now, I think you're right. Uh, jungle meta doesn't shock me. I think Lee Sin actually is pretty fucking good right now. I, I think he's, he's pretty... Com I think he's reasonably competitive. I understand why people who aren't, like, Lee Sin mains aren't picking Lee, because Lee Sin's pretty hard to play into Olaf pretty hard to play into the Graves sometimes if the Graves gets the early lead, right? Um, Olaf kind of dunks on Lee Sin. It's like, well, you're not ulting me. If you queued in me, you're just getting killed. You can't E me, right? Like, I get that. Mm -hmm. He seems pretty good, so I, I, I would expect, I would have a little surprised we're not seeing more of him, but otherwise the jungle meta, I think, just makes sense because I think there are only a handful of, like, very good jungle champs, and the rest of them are, like, there are a lot of okay jungle uh, champs if you're good at them, and then some bad mm -hmm. ones, but I think there's just like a pretty clear tier list. Uh, are you happy with that, Anthony? Yes, Fuck, now tell me about the one top laner in the fucking so, game, bud. There is one top laner who has an above 50% uh, presence. His name's Orn with an 80% presence and a 44% win rate. Why on earth people keep picking this a pile of garbage to me? I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. Look, I, I understand. You really like Orn. You like the ultimate. You like the power. I, I see how you could think it's a good idea. But, hear me out. He's a 44% run rate. His, in the LCS? In the LCS, yes. Ooh, that's low. His CSD at 15 is down. Why? I Why are you picking it. this? Can you give me a molten edge, please? I know that you're only level 11 That's and so being nice. bullied top lane, but sure, I really sure, want to... But, but, but hey, man, if Ornn has a f like less than 50% win rate, that means mm -hmm. the teams that pick Ornn are losing more than half the time. Which means mm -hmm. even though you can get that fat fucking molten edge <laughs> at level 11, you're still more likely to lose the fucking game, which is a I, big fucking problem. Team's priority oh, no. on this champion is obscenely high. He is not that strong, and, like, 
when you're good at the game, you don't let Orn combo you. That that's the sad yeah. fact. I'm if not you, good at the game though. If you get full <laughs> comboed by five brittle stacks from Orn, you're very, very, very bad because it takes 15 seconds to do five brittle stacks. Anthony, I have some bad news for you. Why? Very, very, very bad. No. <laughs> you're not in the LCS. That's true. I've also never been five comboed by a Norn, so... <laughs> 1v1 me, and I'll show you! No, no, I believe mm -hmm. that an Orn can do it. I'm just not dumb enough to let it happen in a fucking solo Q game. You blow Flash, and you die in three. That's the key. <laughs> easy clap, easy clap. Then it's not five. Young money. It's mm -hmm. like, the, the five are for champions that either have regen or are tanks. It's hard to get the five off in general, because you need to use your W twice. You know that I'm a tank player. You play you play a lot of Orn, you see. <laughs> I don't actually. I don't jungle Orn these days, but maybe I'll pick it up now that you've so, yeah, floated it. That's the that's the top lane meta. It's all about Orn. Why it's about Orn is beyond me. It should actually be about Volibear, Set, and Jace. And they're the good top laners. Stop picking Orn. All three of those champions run train on Orn. Does Jace beat Orn? Jace beats Orn. Jace he gets, is supposed he gets to. to farm for free. There's been some games where him. it looked. No, 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 no. There's been some games where it looks like Jace has not been able to beat Orn, but those are because those are like, oh, Licorice is playing Orn top lane and actually getting those full stacks, well, right? <laughs> here's the other thing: is you're not supposed to fight him too much. You're kind of supposed to harass mm -hmm. him down a little bit, and then just go kill everyone else. You just ignore Orn. You give up on Orn. You, you put it. You see if so you it's in the like jungle a, it's can like put a farm in Rome. It's like yeah. a farm in Rome. It, it's a farm and go for objectives. Like you don't want to just just start roaming for ganks mid lane because it's not going to pan out. You, you, could you stop doing that? I could, but I won't. Please stop. It's coming. Out. It's in your mic. Oh shit! My bad. It wasn't <laughs> lining up my mic on disc. My bad. Um. So I just. I don't get it. Volibear should just be able to go to town on him and just hit W and keep regenning through the fight. It shouldn't really matter. And then Set just... Again, Set just doesn't care. Set kind of sustains through it. W's when he's getting hit. Set can live mm -hmm. through all five of the procs. <laughs> like... Mm -hmm. I, I don't get oh, yeah. it. crazy. Orange 2 prio. Oh my god. I was, I was arguing with Kyle about it while we were doing Clash, and I'm just like, you're crazy. Orn is not that go good. They pushed his power back so far. It takes I so long. I remember that argument. Oh. Mm -hmm. Alright, let's talk about dragons real quick before we talk about next week. Uh, a lot of the game has started to revolve around dragons that Shocker. we've noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that I've been talking about for weeks uh, since the, uh, the dragon change came in. I'm sorry, wait, that's months. Uh, I don't know why everyone puts so much priority on Heralds when Dragon comes up first. Dragon gets you a power uh, power spike probably sooner because uh, Herald just gets you... I, I think it like guarantees 500 gold if you drop it right. But that's 500 mm. gold. <laughs> it's not that much. Whereas Dragon Dragons are probably worth 500 to every individual player. Uh, so I, I feel like everyone was very misplaced on Harold. Uh, we didn't get to see MSI, so we probably, we didn't get to see a very, uh, conclusive representation of how the top teams would all play against each other and if it would have gravitated towards Dragons sooner. Um, so there's that. 
but I just... I, I This is how I said we should be playing the game for, for a long time now. I, I'm just glad to see. I'm, I'm happy to see this. What do you guys think? What, how are you feeling about the, uh, the new Dragon meta? Oh, God, yeah. fuck Drake's. I want to go back to just killing my lint. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> You play that was jungle. A joke. <laughs> what? You play jungle now. Yeah, but I would rather inv I know. It's actually free as fuck, dude. In solo queue, when you're bad like me, literally no one can test early Drakes. It's fucking it's the freest shit in the world. You hit level four of two smites, you get a Drake guaranteed every fucking game. It's cash. Anyway. Um What? Nothing. Go. Oh, I actually didn't hear you. I wasn't memeing. Um I think drake play is probably fine just because i think it's interesting to watch lcs teams sort of be forced by the meta to play cohesively or like partially cohesively early game right like an er an early game uh necessity on drakes or having to like necessarily having to go for early drakes i think opens up avenues for interesting team fights that otherwise wouldn't happen right like back in the day when the meta was like fuck the drake we're gonna lane swap and farm for 40 minutes the early game was really fucking boring in fact every early game was the exact same it was the top laner standing behind the wall so they didn't die Soaking XP, not getting gold, and the bot lane fucking hard shoving. It was the same thing. You know what I'm fucking talking about. It sucked. I loved that meta. It was so, it was so like big brain of a meta. You actually had to think about the game. I understand from a viewer's perspective. It's just like no, no. So I agree with you that it's big brain. I agree with you that it's big brain, but from a viewer perspective, watching people do literally nothing for 20 minutes is really boring. Um. <laughs> So I like the idea, viewer-wise, uh, about the Drake being more important because it'll, it means that your mid laner has to roam down, your bot lane has to roam up, your junglers have to fight, and maybe your fucking top laner needs to TP, or maybe there's some goddamn action top lane a minute before the Drake because it means the enemy top laner won't have fucking teleport in time. Cash. It. I think it adds... Or at least opens the door for more early game action that otherwise wouldn't fucking happen. Um, and I think that that's interesting from a viewer perspective. From a player perspective, I hate it. Bring back lane swaps. I don't want to do anything for 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> farm and fight. Farm and fight. That's, you know, that's how I like to play the game because I guess I'm fucking old now. But um, <laughs> Classically, you know, just bring it back, Riot. Let me, let me, literally, Riot, please, for the love of God, let me play Nasus and do nothing for 40 minutes oh, while no. I queue cat camps. Literally, <laughs> literally, let me get away with AFKing far, AFK farming for 30, 40 minutes. Please. Please. Oh, the good old days. Buff Medios, boys. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He, he was the number one ganker in the league at that time he would play yeah but i revolved my style around his gank and farm routes it was insane what he did on zach i still can do it to this day on zach yeah it's a little bit less good though now but because they changed xp but he also had a dirty fucking nasus jungle and never forget that you just got six and got a free drake because either you got drake or they walked over and died to nasus at level six because level 6 Nasus had a 2% tick on your health per second, and it was crazy damage. Oh. 
I, I miss the, the good old days. I also missed the days when hey, C9 didn't die at all during the promotion <laughs> tournament. <laughs> hey, Mon, how, how Sorry, Meteos, Meteos didn't die. Hey, Mon, what's your drink? Go. The... It basically feels like the first two Drakes don't really matter, but each team needs to get one of them in order to prevent, like, a soul point or that, like, dragon soul, right? Yeah, that would be so, how dragons work, yes. <laughs> yes, that is how dragons work, but it's just like, okay, like, if uh, one team's, like, foregoing, like, the first drake, if it's pretty late in to get the Rift Herald, like, that's fine. I'm fine with that. If you're giving over two drakes for a Rift Herald, that's where I start taking an issue with it, right? Because then, now you're giving that second uh, drake over, now you're giving over that soul point, Eh, sell point. That's a pretty big win condition that you're giving over or letting them start to stack up. Like, you can't trade the second Drake for a Rift Herald, I don't think. I think all of the Drake Souls are so impactful that they are basically a better win con than Baron. Because it doesn't matter if the other team got Baron uh, for three minutes if you got Dragon Soul for the rest of the game. You can just stall out Baron, hopefully. If you're, if you're in a position um, where you can stall out Baron, it's always better. Otherwise, you might have to uh, contest the Baron. But, mm -hmm. I just... A permanent buff to me, even if it is not as good as the, the other buff that is timed, is always better. Because it, it's going to work while that buff is on cooldown, and while we fight for that next buff. Also, it unleashes Elder Drake. Which means mm -hmm. that I now get to fight for Elder Drake and Baron while I have a Drake Soul. So we are either guaranteed to swap buffs and I get priority on which buff I want to take or we fight for these buffs and I have an advantage over you. And that's what I love. I love late game League of Legends and uh, Dragon Soul is a late game objective and that's uh, that's why I really like to see it. Well, if you play the game like we do, Anthony, then Elder, uh, Dragon Soul and Elder Drake are actually mid-game objectives. But that's because right. we like to slow the clock down a little bit. We gotta make them suffer for their, for their misdeeds of being put in the Let game them, with us. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if we're not punishing them for the luck of the draw, then what are we doing? Um, so, yeah. I have to honestly say, I think that... I, I, may disagree with your point over the uh, taking the Baron over the Dragon Soul. I'd say, I know you said that in uh, most instances, you would take the Dragon Soul over the Baron, but I think that if you're in control of the game at that point, if you have given up, uh, if you've taken enough control of the map, you just take the Baron anyway. I'm absolutely certain that this is not a point that you disagree with, but if there's like, oh, the enemy team only has like two inhibitors, uh, already have two inhibitors down, one's going to go down if we get this baron anyway like screw the drake soul just take the baron anyway and win <laughs> right well, well, well that's here's, it here's the thing Hamon. if you mm -hmm. are on soul the enemy team might not be on soul so it might actually be fine for you to trade baron for giving away an extra drake if you can then ensure the use of that baron to take down uh objectives on the enemy team's base to then ensure the drake soul and then ensure uh the next objective uh, I because know, but it's... if you fight it's, for not... If you fight over you getting soul when the other team isn't going to get soul, you're taking a risk for the enemy team delaying your win con and you getting nothing for it. Whereas, mm -hmm. 
like, this is something I always talk about, is trading an objective is always better than fighting for one in a near coin flip scenario. Agreed. Mm. Those fucking 50-50 smites are very stressful and very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I but, don't get and also, I do think I just win. No, I win. Uh, I win a hundred percent of my fifty-fifties. But um, for the average person, they're stressful and hard. Um, I was trying to appeal to the every person, Anthony, yes. not legends. Um, anyway, um, I agree with Anthony here, Hamon. I think getting the soul is higher impact than the Baron, especially mm-hmm. if you can ensure the Baron can't be used effect- effectively, or can be, or would be sort of slightly less powerful. The reason being, uh, because you get your next shot at the Baron, your opponent never gets another shot at the soul, right? Like, it's yours. If you get that final Drake, that's yours. There's the Elder Drake after, for sure, but you're literally guaranteeing that you get access to a new in-game resource uh, Mm -hmm. in the form of cooldown, damage, tank stats, health or mana regen that your opponent will literally never get access to. Uh, uh-huh. In the same sense. That's fucking crazy. That's I, fucking crazy. I understand that point, but I've also seen multiple teams with a Dragon Soul lose to teams who just went, we have control of this game. We've already cracked your base. We're going to just take the Baron anyway. Screw it. You can take the Dragon Soul. <laughs> We're just going to take your base. But that's not it's that not That's, that's, you, that's, you, that's you what say, I'm saying. That's the uh, area it doesn't come up much. I, I think Anthony's right. Like, may, it's. I agree with you that it has happened. I don't mm-hmm. think it's every game, right? Mm-hmm. I think, of course, what Anthony and I are saying is not applicable to 100% of League of Legends games, right? But we're not mm-hmm. claiming it is. We're saying, mm-hmm. by and large, if you have the option to go for the soul or go for the Baron, you'd like to mm-hmm. take the soul right for a lot of reasons now if you paint me a picture where you're like you have no towers no inhibitors just a nexus and you can either let the enemy get a drake that's not the soul or the baron i'm gonna give him the drake right because i'm not fucking dumb but like that's not every game buddy there are in fact most games if you're at three drakes you're probably ahead and the Baron probably won't do anything to you other than lose a tower or two, right? Even if they get an inhib, you can last another five minutes. You still have the buff. It doesn't go away. That's, that's the importance of Drake Soul. You, you are in... You, you, you give yourself a permanent higher position. You can both hit max build, and odds are you will always be better because of this soul. It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter if you have early game champions, if especially if you get a good synergistic soul. Like if you're running a a long regenerative team fight comp, and you get an ocean soul, you're never gonna die. They can't kill you. That's 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 the strength of of a of a soul. Or or if you have like if you're against a poke comp and you get a mountain soul, oh it's so so much uh free health and free resistances you get to tank so much i understand what you're saying but i also feel like it's just it's a bit more conditional than like flat out there no i, I feel sometimes... like every every soul is is good for almost every comp it, it gives a, a large benefit to every comp and larger still to some specific combinations 
I think that I won't disagree that it gives you a benefit to some comps. I think that sometimes the benefit may not be enough in some situations. Like, let's say you have... Uh, Chase, oh. uh, uh, Shivana, uh, what's her name? Zoe, uh, who, who uh, I can't think of a low cooldown ultimate Ash. AD carry. That, let's that say, wouldn't be good with it. <laughs> I mean, Ash and Thresh. Like, let, let's say you have that comp, right? And let's say you get an Ocean Soul. I mean, yes, it's great, but it's not as impactful as it would be if you had, like, two Ash. strong frontliners, like a, um, wait, wait, wait. like Ash a Volley Bear. Ash and Thresh with Ocean Soul sounds crazy. You know how much kite that is? That's so much kite. How much damage that they're doing, but if you... They don't need to do damage! If, they have Ocean Soul! Yeah, I mean, yes, but if they tripping. get one shot at the beginning, it just doesn't matter. But right? who's one-shotting them, buddy? Like, what, have read the meta. Read the meta, buddy. If you're All Ash, right. do you know what? No, no, for real. Hey, Mutt, what mm -hmm. item do you think is getting built on Ash second or third? Here's an answer, because I'm not going to let you answer. It's fucking Death Stance, which comes with resist. You have health. You have the fucking buffs from your fucking support, who's a Thresh. Which means he takes part of your damage, so you don't. Who the fuck is one-shotting you? Oh, like, that... in all seriousness, by the time you get the soul, you have items, your support has items, if they're a decent thresh, e.g. an LCS thresh, they're peeling, you're slowing, giving yourself move speed, right, and taking theirs away, you have health, you have raw resist, and you have lifesteal, who the fuck is one-shotting you? This is a real fucking question. What that's fucking the, champ does it? That's the thing. Sometimes people actually let you take those drakes, right? And you'll be there, and you'll have the dragon soul, but everything would have already fallen apart. Having We're not dragon talking soul about is you not told me. No, me. no, fuck you, buddy. I'm not letting you dodge this question. What? I'm not letting you okay. pivot. A the conversation, no, the conversation was if they have Ocean Drake, they're getting one shot. I'm telling you, with the Ash Thresh, you're never getting one I'm shot. Not... Look, okay. What the fuck happens there, buddy? I'm not letting you pivot out of this. Who in the okay. fucking game right now can one shot a you fucking can... Ocean Drake, Ash with fucking Raw Resist HP, and a fucking Thresh with two items? Come on, Hell yeah. Zoe's still absolutely can. Syndra can find ways. If you have nope. a good Wombo nope. combo straight onto them, you can absolutely obliterate that Ash absolutely before not. a team fight starts. It'll take a lot, and it'll be harder to kill. Yes, no, you're tripping. But hey, Ma, no, hey, no, 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 no. You're imagining scenarios that are, while while possible, are not mm -hmm. typical, and that's what we're talking you're, about. Yeah, here. You're imagining things that are likely to happen in a silver solo game, <laughs> not things that are likely really? to happen in the LCS, buddy. Because really? You know, yeah, buddy. Fucking yeah. I'm not gonna I, tell you it's never happened in the LCS, but you cannot tell me that more than 50% of LCS games end up in a position where the team ahead is getting fucking one shot consistently because it doesn't happen more than 50% of the time. Does it happen sometimes? Absolutely. Does something happening sometimes mean that it's not good most of the time to get the Elder Drake or the Ocean Soul or the Dragon Soul? Absolutely not, buddy. You're imagining your solo queue games as if they're LCS games. Like you're wow. not picturing realistic <laughs> LCS games. You're here. going to take those out. I distinctly remember games where 
mortals had had but, ocean soul and no, no, still no, lost the game anyway. I didn't take them out, buddy. I didn't take them out. I said wow. they happen. I said you cannot realistically tell me it happens mm -hmm. in more than half of the LCS games. Which means I... if it's more likely, which means if it happens more than 50% of the time that the team in this position wins, it's good to be in that position, right? You can't mm -hmm. say it's not. If the team who has the Thresh with the Thresh Ash with more, like two, two items on the Thresh, three items on the Ash, and Ocean Soul in the mid game wins more than 50% of the time, you can't, in the LCS, you can't tell me that just because Immortals lost on it one or two or three times, that everybody should want to avoid that position. That's fucking insane. That's not how it works. Hey, hey, Mark, can gonna... teams throw the lead? A hundred percent teams can throw the lead. That doesn't mean it's not a good or a desirable position to be in. I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you this offer. Ooh, hey, I just dropped my cell phone. What? Okay. You're gonna, you can have um, Ocean Soul. With, okay, the enemy team has lost one inhibitor. You have lost two. You have an option right now. You can take Ocean Soul or Baron. Which one do you take? You have two inhibitors down, the enemy has one inhibitor down. You're both at full force, whichever one you choose, the other team will take the other. Which one do you pick? There's a wrong answer here, by the way. I'd say if I'm two inhibitors down, I would probably go try to contest the Baron. That's it. If okay. my base cracks any more than that, I'm going to be many, constantly under how pressure. How many Ocean Soul points does the other team... Or is not ocean soul. How many dragon points does the other team have to have for you to go for the soul? So if the many... other, so if you're both at three drakes, Haymon, right, mm -hmm. and you conceding the drake here gives them soul, do you still go for the baron? If you're two inhibitors down, yes, yeah, yeah I still go for the baron. You're fucking you're high. insane. You're high. You're... Because hey, here's, what, here's what. No, no, Haymon. Here's what happens, <laughs> right? You get the baron. Easy clap. They don't contest it. They go for the soul. But here's what happens. You're still two inhibitors down. You can apply lane pressure because of the Baron buff. That means you're not going to get sieged as easily. But what <clears> happens <throat> when your inhibitors respawn and your Baron runs out? I'll give you a hint. It's the enemy still has fucking ocean soul. <laughs> and you're going okay. to lose every fucking fight from here on out because the enemy is fucking ocean soul, buddy. They, you All literally right. conceded a permanent game-long buff to your opponent. Insane. Insane. Because you know what happens when you take ocean soul there? You can mm -hmm. fucking deal with the Baron minions better because your mm -hmm. fucking team can tank them because they have ocean soul. And they can't beat you in a fight as easily because you have Ocean Soul. And then after their Baron runs out, you know what happens, Haymont? Your two inhibs respawn, and you have now a game-long buff that they will never get. You're fucking trolling, buddy. This is actually tilting me. This is actually... No, you're tilting me so okay. fucking hard Haymont, right now. you're assuming you're in a situation where taking Baron is an option for a team who is behind, yet has Ocean Soul Point. Um, it's not. Haymont, 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 you can go for it. Podcast. I'm actually about to quit the fucking podcast. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this last thing, and then we're moving on to our picks for next week. You can I'm go for You can I'm go for that Baron Haymont, and maybe, maybe you'll win if the enemy team decides to dive you and dies while your Baron buff is still up, and you can charge the base with that one lane of super minions you have. But guess what? 
The odds of that happening when they have a soul are super low. Okay, this has to stop because we got to end the show at some point, and we're going to move on to talking about next week's games. (laughs) Okay. Next week's games. I have decided to be the odd man out. I have picked Team Liquid to beat Cloud9. I'm calling it, and they're going to do it. Pog. Uh, I think there's actually a pretty good chance they do it. Uh, I, I'm just trying. I'm not giving up hope yet. You're trying not uh-huh. to think about it too much and, and uh, spiral yourself? No. I mean, like I said earlier, like, if C9 continues this, like, weird pick ban into the f- next couple weeks and these sort of weird decision makings from Blabber and a couple of their teammates, then, like, I think it's an easy clap for TL because I think TL's actually probably the closest in strength to C9. Um, I'm just not quite ready to give up hope yet. I'm not ready to go back to the days where I picked TL over everybody no matter what. It, it lasted too long, and I'm happy. I don't want it back. I don't want it. Well, you've already lost one game. Losing in one more. Well, you lost two games. Losing one more. Two not, games. not too bad. Yeah, uh, we're probably still first there, I think. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It I depends think, upon how the rest of the week goes. but I, I think this is definitely going to be... I feel similarly to how I felt about the TSM match here. I th- this is definitely the match I'm looking forward to this week also. Um, 100%. I think it's going to be a great fucking match. Uh, it, it, it's probably going to be the fight for first, but the fact that... Uh, do both of them play games? Yeah, both of them play games before this, meaning the actual result of this is uh, or, or position of these teams is going to be up in the air. It, they could be even closer or uh, further apart by the time this game happens, and to me, that kind of detracts a little bit to the hype for it, but I, I, I'm i still going to be hyped for it either way. I, 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 I think this is going to be the best game of the split, and I think that uh, TL are going to prep for this game so hard uh, that the C9 probably won't know what hit them. They're going to come out with something, something dirty, I'm hoping. I'm hoping they get something dirty on them. That'll be good. What's your guys' thoughts? Or, uh, Hamont, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think TL's been very stable. If C9 doesn't actually, like, show up or doesn't do a sort of draft error again, right? Because I think in the 100 Thieves game, uh, Niski got exploited for taking Cassiopeia. Um, I think that uh, Blabber got exploited because he took Jarvan. And I think the stars actually aligned that there was a good time for an air, like an ocean... Um, let me correct that. A Cloud Drake for that Olaf that who was getting empowered the entire time. Right? I think that's not going to happen again. I don't think that uh, C9's going to allow a composition like that through again. Right? Especially when Niski has such a great Galio. Especially when Niski has such a great Zoe. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Is there any other games that uh, we're looking forward to next week? I want to see. I want to see TL versus FlyQuest because yes, FlyQuest did get clapped out by C9, but it's something that I kind of expect to happen. Uh, FlyQuest faith back. Yeah, a little bit. It's just I think FlyQuest are not the best team, right? I think they're just solid. I think they have like a good marker for being there. You know, when Ignar doesn't pick Pantheon. Um, but, yes, I do think they're still pretty solid. I think that if they go against TL, it'll be a good 
uh, matchup to see how well TL does. I don't expect them to. I don't expect uh, FlyQuest to just roll over and die. <laughs> That's it. And then probably. I want to say maybe EG versus Dignitas. No, yeah. you're high. You're actually fucking trolling, buddy. Okay. Like, I'm actually so genuinely mad at you right now. No, I'm kidding. But, like, okay. I'm definitely I'm, no, I'm telling not... you, I need you to vamp for, like, two minutes minimum. <laughs> okay. So, Hamon, here's my mm -hmm. question for you. How can you rationalize picking 100 Thieves over CLG, but not 100 Thieves over Golden Guardians? Uh, Golden Guardians is particularly good at playing that aggressive uh, playstyle. I think Closer is a beast in the early game. He's very strong. Haunter hasn't looked as bad as he has been, like last split or previously at the beginning of this split. Um, I think Huki might be the only person who's kind of exploitable in the bot lane, but at this point, I think they've kind of integrated him well. I think it's a. I think Golden <laughs> Guardians can make it work. I have some news. I have some can. news, Anthony. I want to bring this back. Okay. We all have a mutual friend named Davidson. What did he do? And I've received a DM from Davidson who's watching the stream. And Davidson has a message for you, Heymon. About uh -huh. the ocean soul, you're fucking tripping and actually just wrong. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> agrees with us, Monty. Anyway, keep going on this other I wrong bullshit. Give it a goddamn no, 70 Everybody, everybody 70 thinks you're with us. Oh, you're fucking tripping. Right. Yeah, I would. You're tripping. You're so just wrong. All right. Moving you're just on. Wrong. Keep talking <laughs> about this other on. shit you're wrong about. Let's go. We gotta finish the goddamn show. You can continue arguing after this. I'm the show. sorry. I had. I got permission to roast mm -hmm. him, Anthony. You think I'm not gonna fucking fire at all cylinders here, bud? Chill. Anyway, keep going. Okay. So I absolutely think that Golden Guardians with their aggressive style can really push 100 Thieves on the back foot. And I don't think Someday's been doing uh, oh. as good as he has been. I don't right. think so. Hang on, let That's me get, let me get uh, let's get through these let's get through these picks before you, okay, I you got, finish. I got the game on. Uh okay. Uh Okay, I, okay, get through the picks. I got a funny so, DM. I'm sorry. Something <laughs> that I I I picked this week was Golden Guardians over FlyQuest. I think oh. Uh, I think that Golden Guardians will actually beat FlyQuest. I think FlyQuest are still going to be slumping, and mm -hmm. I think Golden Guardians are rather stable. If the, even if they're not a super strong team, I think stability mm -hmm. will will always trump a downward swing. Almost always, um, and I I did like they just seem to know what they want to get done, and it feels like Golden Guardians are really. Like, they're going into games with, with something of a game plan, even if it's not anything crazy, and they're able to convert a little bit. They, they seem like they're this middle-of-the-pack team that's so stable, and it's such a, a, a quagmire to me. Like, I don't understand how that exists, but it does. They've, they've kind of already figured out what they want to do every game. They're just like, all right, we want to take the, these aggressive uh, early-game champions. We want to take it to you either in the side lanes or force you on a back foot enough that we can just go and take your base while you take an objective. That's how they beat FlyQuest before. They actually took their base while FlyQuest was taking Baron, right? 
it's it's something that Golden Guardians likes to do. They just want to get those early objectives. They want to get those uh, early towers, the early drakes, early heralds, and put you on a back foot. If FlyQuest can actually handle that pressure in the early game, I think they can. They have a very high chance of winning it. And I think Santorin's one of those junglers who can handle early game aggression very well. Uh, hey, Mutt, you're high for picking Dig over TSM? Uh, just saying. Uh, Alright, I'm, over over TSM. TSM. I'm out of topics. Okay. We don't have time to defend that. You want to take me, uh, you want to take us home? You want to take yeah. it on home? Yeah, I think that'll do it for this week on the Legendary League of Legends podcast. You can catch the VODs on my YouTube channel. Uh, catch us live, uh, on Tuesday, or Tuesday, on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can catch the audio podcast on anchor.fm slash L-L-O-L-P. Uh, and have a nice day.